Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A Wednesday show for you. A lot going on. The Rangers in action tonight to start their round two series in Carolina against the Hurricanes, the former Whalers. Uh, the Mets are in action. They play the Cardinals, Yankees, Orioles. So uh, a lot to do. Knicks get the 11th pick in the draft. We'll get to the lottery as, uh, boy, this I think the 12th year in a row, the Knicks either stayed put in terms of where they were expected to pick or moved back. So I think 11th is exactly where they were supposed to pick. So the Knicks stay put at 11. We'll get to that. Get to the lottery show, which I have some thoughts on. That was, boy, what a waste of time that was. Uh, so we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, I guess we'll start here with the Rangers, who, look, down three games to one against Pittsburgh. Gave up seven goals in game three. Gave up seven goals in game four with your Vesna winner in the net. And you're down 2 nothing in game five. That was a week ago yesterday, that Wednesday last week, when they're down 2 nothing, down three games to one. It's over. The series is over. The season's over. That's it. And somehow, you know, Crosby gets hurt. They rally back. Boom, boom, boom. Before you know it, from being down 2 nothing, three two up 3-2 a minute later in just a flurry of goals. And then they go to Pittsburgh and they fall behind again. They give up the first goal. They give up the second goal. They're down 2 nothing. before again they rally back to force a game seven on Sunday. And they score first on Sunday, but they fall behind 2-1. They're down 3-2. Five minutes to go. Again, season is on the brink there. They're a couple minutes away from... Uh, pulling the goalie and being in a, a tough spot there on Sunday in Game 7. Tie it, winning overtime, and here they are. So, going to have to play a lot better. I mean, obviously, you know, this is a much different opponent. Pittsburgh was beat up. They were favored over Pittsburgh. Carolina is a different animal. Carolina is a more well-rounded team. So, 
Uh, gonna have to play a lot better. I thought they were thoroughly outplayed for, boy, pretty much all of that series against Pittsburgh, except for, what was it, game two when they tied it up and they were pretty much in control throughout that one. Rangers are gonna have to play a lot better. Uh, the number here at Bet Rivers, as we look it up, is, let's see, it's, boy, Carolina's taking some money here. Carolina's all the way up to minus 245 to win the series. Rangers, about a $2 underdog. Uh, game one, as you would expect. Similar here with the Hurricanes favored. Yeah, the total is six here. Might be down to five and a half as they pull up the Bet Rivers app. And again, uh, if you want to get some action, Bet Rivers has all these games, all these ways to bet this game. And you get a million options here uh, in terms of betting the first period. Who's going to score first? Um, you know, over, under, over, under first period. There's so many actions, 340 options on just this game alone. As Carolina minus 165 for game one. Total is now five and a half. It's gone back and forth. It was five and a half, went up to six. Now we're down to five and a half again. I think every Ranger game in the first round went over. So I would only look to the over five and a half here uh, in game one. Uh, look, if you're the Rangers, if you're the inferior team, you just say, you know what? I think the game plan here would be let's just force the game seven. Let, let's hold serve here. You're not going to run Carolina out of the building. Carolina is the better team. Just somehow get to a situation where you're in a game seven and Shashurston can kind of stand on his head and, and lift you up and get you to the next round. So, again, Rangers are going to have to play a lot better. They were not, they were sloppy in the first round. They were outplayed for a lot of that series, but they have new life. And sometimes when you give a team life, especially when they don't play well, uh, they can, you know, Rangers going into this series with house money, you know, having not played, you know, having played so poorly and to still be alive here, still be in round two. Look, you can go both ways. If you continue to play that poorly, this is going to be a short series and Carolina's going to win. But you know what? You can kind of reset here. It's 0-0. You're not down 3-1. You're not down 3-2. You're not chasing. It felt like New York was chasing that whole series from being down 1-0 and losing game one in overtime to being down 2-1 and 3-1. It felt like they were just playing catch-up. Now you don't have to play catch-up. You go in fast and loose. You can go in there playing with house money at this point. Rangers had a good year regardless of what happens in this series. The Rangers you know, have had a good season. So... I'm going to pick it, and again, one of the other options here at, Bet, at uh, Bet Rivers, you can pick exact series score. Rangers to win in seven plus 600. I think that's going to be my bet. I do think the Rangers are going to play well for all the reasons I just mentioned. I think they'll go into this saying, you know what? We were just about dead and buried. We were done, and here we are. Survived game five, survived game six, survived game seven. I think, I think there is something to that. So I think the Rangers will play well. I'm tempted to pick the Rangers. I do think Carolina is just a lot better. So you can go to exact series score, and I'll get to some of these here uh, at Bet Rivers. Correct series score: Rangers to sweep is 14, uh, fifth boy, 15 to one for the Rangers to sweep. 12 to one, the Rangers to win in five. Six plus fifth, uh, plus 650 for the Rangers to win in six. Plus 600 for the Rangers to win in seven. I kind of like that one. Uh, and then Hurricanes to sweep. Plus 650. Hurricanes to win in five. Plus 350. That's the short shot. Hurricanes to win in six. Plus 400. Hurricanes to win in seven. Plus 425. You can find those at Bet Rivers. Uh, boy, if you, if you get it to seven, if you get Rangers in seven and you get that plus seven, plus 600, you can kind of hedge if you get to a game seven and just bet on Carolina and guarantee yourself some profit. So I do think the Rangers will play well. I think they'll play fast and loose. I think uh, they'll get a little bit of a, a new lease on life here in this second round. So. Be interested tonight. Hopefully the Rangers get off to a good start. If you could steal game one, that would be huge. Because like I said, last series, they were just playing catch-up the entire time. And uh, I think I saw Carolina is not going to sell to anybody outside 
uh, of their state pretty much. So they're, you're not going to see a lot of Rangers fans. They're really trying to emphasize uh, home ice, which I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mean, I understand it. It's definitely a competitive advantage. Uh, I didn't know you were really allowed to do that. I, I haven't heard too much before about teams doing that. So be interested to see if the Rangers can kind of finagle their way in and the Ranger fans can kind of finagle their way into that building. might be tricky. So uh, that's the hockey for tonight. Blues won last night. Uh, Blues lost last night in overtime to the Avalanche. The Lightning defeated the Panthers, and uh, we get Calgary Edmonton tonight, also in the NHL. NBA boy, if you could have told if if you gave me truth serum last night at halftime, the Celtics were up, I think eight, just totally dominating the game. Not dominating, but they were in control of that game. That was with no Horford and no Smart, who were ruled out right before the game. I, if you gave me truth serum at that moment. I think I would have told you the Celtics have a good chance to sweep there because it looked like they were going to win game one, and that was one you had to have if you were Miami. Considering all the guys that were out for Boston, Horford came down with COVID like an hour or two before the game. Uh, Smart was out with, I think, a foot injury, and Boston's still up eight. And you figure, you know, quick turnaround for Boston after the Milwaukee series. Miami was home. Miami was rested. If they couldn't get game one, you worry, is Boston going to get any games? And and now and obviously the 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 uh, the game turned on its head. Second half, Miami was just dominant, dominant defensively. Uh, got out in transition. The game went over, and you know something to look for going forward. I thought this would be a slugfest. I thought these games would be close and ugly, and you know it would be hard for these teams to score. I think the defenses are so good that both offenses are just running every chance they get because. You know, it's like the saying in baseball: if you don't get to a pitcher early, you don't get to him at all. I think these off these teams, these offenses, are looking at it that way, taking that same approach. Where, hey, if we get in a half court and Boston sets their defense, if we're Miami, it's going to be hard for us to score. So if we get a rebound, we're better off just getting transition, running. You know, maybe get to the foul line, get some easy buckets. So more of an up tempo, uh, more of an up tempo game than I expected last night. Game goes over. Miami wins, wins it comfortably, uh, going away, and they're now the favorite here. To win the series, minus 145. Now you can get some plus money on Boston if you like that. I kind of like Boston at a plus number here. Um, look, the math works in in a way where, hey, if you're Miami, you win game two when you're favored here by four at Bet Rivers. Horford's still going to be out. Who knows about Smart? Now you're in a situation where you know Boston's got to beat you four out of five. Um, that being said, we've seen how this goes. I think people, you know, overreact to game one. Sometimes even overreact after two games, where a team's up two nothing, they hold serve, and everyone kind of assumes it's over. Well, what happens a lot of the times? The team that's down two zero goes home for game three, hold serve, makes it two one, and then game four we kind of see where we're going with that series. Where, um, you know, if the team up two one breaks through and, and steals game four on the road, it's usually a short series, and if the team uh, on the road, you know, or the team down 2-1 holds serve and, and makes it 2-2, we're usually looking at a longer series. So I think this will be a long series. I think we have a long way to go. I, I think Boston at plus money is probably a decent bet. Uh, it's funny, the Hawks were favored. I mean, the Heat were favored by one and a half, two. I think it closed or was about to close one and a half. It shot all the way up to five with all the Boston absences with Horford and with Smart and uh, – Look, I think Boston, their, te their depth really got tested. You're playing Tice a lot of minutes. You're playing Pritchard a lot of minutes. You saw Miami really go at uh, Pritchard on, on the defensive end. So should be a long series. Wouldn't rule Boston out. Uh, Miami's got a chance, obviously. I think if Miami gets up 2-0, it's, it's going to be hard to beat that team 4 out of 5. So uh, like I said, I think this has a good chance to go 7. Should be a good series as 
Miami strikes first. Miami wins game one. I think it was a game they had to have considering they were at home. They had the rest advantage. And all the guys Boston were missing. It was kind of a must win for Miami, which is weird to say in game one. But Miami strikes first. Miami's up one nothing. The other series starts tonight. Dallas and Golden State. Golden State a minus 225 favorite for the series. A five-point favorite for game one. I like Dallas here. I, I think Golden State's going to have a really hard time guarding Luka. You know, it's really, it's going to be difficult because, you know, Clay's not the, the type of guy that can lock Luka down like he was four or five years ago where he's just that premier defender with, with all the injuries. I, I don't think he's that same player. Curry obviously doesn't have the size or strength to do it. Poole's not a good defender. You know, maybe you put Wiggins on him. Maybe you put Draymond Green on him. It'll be interesting. Well, Golden State say, you know what? We're not going to double. We're not going to help off Luka. Luka, you get yours. Wear yourself out on the offensive end. And, you know, we'll just kind of live with whatever you do. We're just not going to help off and leave leave open your three-point shooters. So should be a good series. I, I actually think Dallas beats them. I really do. I think Dallas beats them. I don't think there's anyone to guard Luka. And, boy, if you look at Luka's props here, I mean, it's just incredible. He's over-under for points, 33-and-a-half. Points, rebounds, assists, 52 and a half. My goodness. Uh, I'm telling you one thing. I don't want any part of the under. Uh, I know that, you know, a number that high, I think you'd usually look to the under. I, I want no part of it. I think, you know what, they're going to put the ball in his hands and he's going to be involved every play. Now, again, if once you bet the over, you got to worry about foul trouble. You got to worry about, you know, an injury. A lot can go wrong when you take these player props over, but... Uh, I want no pro I want no part of an under with Luca. I think it's a good matchup for him. I think it's a good matchup for Dallas. Uh, you can get a plus one eighty here at Bet Rivers to win the series. I think that I think they're going to win a long series. I think I'll pick Dallas in six. Let's see what Dallas in six pays. Because that I, that I think is where you can get really. I think if you can divide your bet and take Dallas plus one eighty to win the series, and then to pick them to win in six, I think you can really get some bang for your buck here. As we're looking at correct series score. Dallas in six plus five fifty. So that's kind of, you know, if Dallas is going to win, that's the that's the short shot because game six would be in Dallas. You don't expect them to sweep. You don't expect them to win in five, because of course game five would be in Golden State. Game seven would be in Golden State. That's plus seven fifty. So Dallas in six plus five fifty, I think, is a pretty good bet. Dallas plus one eighty to win that series, uh, I think, is a good bet. Um. Let's see what else we got. We could do the lottery. We'll do the lottery when we come back. Uh, like I said, the Knicks pick 11th. Um, what the hell? I'll just do it now, and then we come back, we'll do the baseball. That lottery show was the biggest waste of time. I mean, I, I made the mistake of turning it on because I, I wasn't sure what time the lottery started. I love the lottery. I just love the absurdity, the absurdity of it, the idea that you're going to sit here with these guys in their suits, and some of them are, you know, Dame Lillard's there, which we'll get to. You know, sometimes the owner's kids there, these billionaires, millionaires sitting there, and their fate is decided by these ping pong balls. It's just so absurd. It's so ridiculous. It's it's kind of fun to watch. But that being said, I love it. I love it. It's dramatic. It's fun. Uh, it, it was a little less juice because there's not that, you know, LeBron, Luka, Zion. There's not that, oh, my God, I can't believe we got the number one pick, that Anthony Davis, that guy where, oh, my God, we got this guy. We're going to be good for a decade. There wasn't that guy. At least we don't think there's that guy going in. Uh, that being said, I love the lottery. However, I made the mistake turning on. It turned. It started at eight. I turned it on at seven forty-five because I wasn't sure. So I, I hung in there for a little bit, and the coverage of it was just awful. I mean, it was just awful. So eight o'clock, it finally starts, and I'm like, "All right, let's let's see who's picking where. Let's get this thing going." 
And then they spend, you know, five, ten minutes breaking down Chet Holmgren as a prospect, breaking down Jabari Smith as a prospect. They got Schmitz on their draft guy talking about, you know, his ball handling, his size, who who he can guard. Okay, all right. And they're doing the same thing for, you know, Chet. Can he put the weight on, his physicals, whatever. I mean, we're going on and on about, you know, breaking these guys down as prospects. Bonchero, what kind of prospect is he? His size, you know, his numbers in college. It's like we just want to see the lottery balls. This isn't the actual draft. I know you have to set the, the mood a little bit, but most of these people, you know, from watching the draft lottery, chances are I know who these guys are. And okay, you want to give us a little backdrop of the guys in the mix? Spend two minutes on it, three minutes? I get that. That's fine. But they're going on and on about, you know, basically like it's draft night and, you know, who they should pick and who, you know, Size, sizing up these guys like it's, uh, you know, giving their measurables, you know, basically ranking these guys. And it's like, we just want to see the pick. So that's 8.05, 8.10, flipping back and forth between that and the Yankee game. F- finally, finally at 8.15, it looks like they're going to announce the picks, finally. And then Malika Andrews, who's hosting it, starts talking to Dame Little. And she's, well, Dame, you know, how's your abdomen injury healing? Like, oh my God, it's 8.15. We just want to see these picks. Nobody cares about Dame Lillard's abdomen injury. 8.15, just give us the picks. And then he's like, oh, you know, it's it's healing, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then she has a follow-up question. Which one of these guys would tonight would make you a championship contender? How about nobody? How about nobody? Your team stinks. None of these guys are going to make you a championship contender. Uh, and then finally, finally, mercifully, I think it was 8.19, we get the first pick. We get we get the reveal of you know who's picking where does it start fourteenth, uh, and then they just speed through it. Which look they don't build any drama. You spend all that you waste all this time going on and on. Dame Lillard's ab injury, Chet Holmgren's wingspan, Jabari Smith, his stats, Bonchero, and you go on and on. You waste all this time, and then you speed through the picks like boom Knicks, boom Kings, Pistons, this this this, and it's like you don't even have a chance to catch up with the picks. So uh, I thought the coverage of it was just terrible, just a total waste of time. My goodness, what a waste of time. And I know the picks don't take very long, but build up the drama. I mean, you could space it out a little bit. I just, to not start it till 8.18, to not give any picks that, you know, you listed at 8 o'clock start and give no picks until 8.18, I think was just totally ridiculous. But uh, the Knicks get the 11th pick. I know some of the mocks I've seen have, let's see, Duran, Duran, the guy from Memphis who was a big-time prospect coming out. I guess he had some issues with the team. He got, I don't know if he got kicked off the team. He got, he didn't play the rest of the year uh, with Memphis. Got a lot of ability, obviously. So a lot of people think the Knicks could pick him at 11. Knicks have a lot of holes to fill. So, I mean, could they get a big? Could you, you know, they probably got to get rid of Randall. I don't know that Noel's going to be around long term. You could use a playmaker. The Knicks don't have a star. So I, I think you're, you're in a position, if you're the Knicks, you just take the best player, identify the best player. And take him. Sounds like Duran, who's young. I think he's only yeah, he's only 18. Doesn't turn 19 until November. So uh, maybe that's a guy they take. Maybe that's a guy they look at. You know, Matherin from Arizona is in that mix. Uh, sounds like Ivy could go a little higher than some people might think. I know there was some buzz about him going first. I'd, ha- I'd have a hard time seeing that. He's very feast or famine. So uh, a lot of the mock drafts think Orlando's actually going to take Holmgren. I guess the GM really likes him from what people think. Again, we're early in the process, but... Uh, keep an eye on that. Knicks picking 11th. And again, they need plenty. They need plenty. They need a superstar. I mean, they need a superstar. Whether they try to make a trade for Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if that answers that question. To me, it doesn't. He's a good player. He's not a great player, but uh, it's hard to find It's hard to find a superstar at 11. And I think the Knicks really hurt themselves by winning those games at the end of the season. 
not that hey if you're picking sixth or seventh does that really change your life that much I mean, maybe you pick maybe you get a better guy at 11 than you would at six or seven anyway i understand that but uh we'll see what happens here with the knicks they pick 11th they continue to just have no luck in this lottery no luck at all and like i said i think it's 12 years in a row 11 years in a row where they haven't moved up they've either stayed where they're supposed to pick or they've moved back so including a couple years ago 2019 when they i think they had the best odds to have the number one pick they had the worst record I'm pretty sure in 2019, that was the year Zion. Hey, you get him. I know he's had his issues, but you'd be happy with Zion. Or if you get Morant, that's just a slam dunk. What happens? They get three. They get the third pick, and they get uh, R.J. Barrett, who look, he might be a good player. Maybe he makes an All-Star team or two sometime. But you know, he's not that franchise changer, which the Knicks desperately, desperately need a franchise changing player. Whether it's free agency, trade, draft, it's easier to say than do. It's and you can get them. I mean, look, Jokic went, what, 41 or 42? Giannis went 15. Curry went 7. So you don't have to pick first or second to get one of these guys, but uh, you do need one of these guys at some point if you're the Knicks. So we'll keep an eye on that. Draft is, what, four or five weeks away. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll do plenty of draft as the time comes. When we come back, we'll do a little baseball. Yankees win again. Mets put a doubleheader. Is there cause for concern with the Mets? We'll talk about that next. This is the New York City Cast presented. By Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three leg same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Yankees and Mets both in action tonight as we look at the baseball. Yankees have moved behind just the Dodgers in terms of World Series futures as the Dodgers are plus 475 to win the World Series. Yankees all the way down to plus 650 here at Bet Rivers. Mets plus 850, Astros 9-1, to Blue Jays still 10-1. to I don't, I don't like that at all. Brewers 12 to 1, Braves 13 to 1, White Sox 16 to 1, Padres 17 to 1, Rays 17 to 1, Giants 20 to 1, Angels 20 to 1 also. Then you got Phillies and Cardinals 30 to 1, Twins 35 to 1, Mariners 60 to 1. They have, they haven't played well, but that's not terrible if you're looking for, you know, just uh just to take a stab at somebody. The Red Sox, the god awful Red Sox 65 to 1. They gave up five, did you guys see that they gave up five homers in an inning last night? Breaks my heart. Brings a tear to my eye to see the Red Sox just be awful. Just be absolutely awful. It's fun to watch. I mean, really. It's uh, it's almost as good as the Yankees being good as the Red Sox being so bad. Uh, Guardians are 80-1. to 1. Marlins are 100-1. to 1. That's another one that's not awful. Marlins with the expanded playoffs, if you get into a, a they're not going to win it, but um, if you get into a playoff situation and, and they're able to sneak in as like a wild card, they could be dangerous with that pitching. They're not going to be fun to play and you know, they have more prospects coming. They have guys hurt between Sanchez, you know, Meyer and the Miners. Uh, they have a lot of arms. So Marlins at 100 to 1. If you're looking for uh for a long shot, that's not the worst. Look, I've made dumber bets than than picking the Marlins here at 100 to 1. If I don't think they'll get in, but if they got in, they would be uh not a lot of fun to play. And you could say, hey, 100 to 1, it's not gonna happen. But if you've seen, if you've noticed recently, all these sports, there's been a lot of long shots either coming through or coming very close. I mean, UNC was hundred to one to win March Madness. They were up 16 at the half. I mean, they were favored with, you know, 10 minutes to go or eight, eight minutes. I mean, they had a big lead, so they came damn close to to cashing that 100-1. to 1. 
The Bengals are up were 125 to one at one point, maybe 150 to one to win a Super Bowl. And look, they led the entire second half until they didn't. They were, you know, a play away, a minute away from winning a Super Bowl. Atlanta, Atlanta had to have been 80, 90 to one last year. They were nine, ten games out of first place at one point. I mean, they were, I think they were at least 25, 30 to one to win the division, if not longer. So you figure they were probably probably close to 100 to one to win a win a World Series, which cashed. So and the, what was the other? Oh, the NBA. The Mavs were, I think, 100 to one at one point, and the Celtics, I know, were. Uh, 150 to one as recently as February, late January, early February. And, um, you know, both those teams have a good chance here to get to a final. So we've been getting a lot of long shots here, especially in these major sports. So that makes it fun. And obviously what happened with the Derby as that horse was 80 to one, 200 to one in some places. So, Hey, you take a stab at some of these and you think you're wasting money, but sometimes they, uh, sometimes they come through or sometimes they come close enough where, you know, you can earn off of it and, and hedge and bet the other way and make some money that way. So, uh, the baseball tonight, like I mentioned, Cole's pitching, Yankees minus 260, total 7.5 here at Bet Rivers. Mets, Scherzer going against the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are throwing Hicks, who, uh, if you remember, was a closer for a while, had Tommy John. Remember, he threw, I think, legitimately threw 105 miles an hour. They're converting him to a starter. So uh, that's an interesting matchup. My play on these two games, I'm going to parlay the Yankees and the Mets on the money line. You get it plus 115 at Bet Rivers. Uh, Cole, I don't worry about losing to the Orioles. Cole's been really good lately. I mean, Cole gets a lot of crap uh, for the contract. It's two things. It's the contract, and he didn't pitch well in Boston last October, which is fair. But again, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. Not to make too many excuses, but he was dealing with a hamstring injury. You know, he got hurt middle of September, came back probably early, didn't pitch well after that. People can say it's the spider tack. I, I don't know that it's the spider tack. I just think he was dealing with a bad hamstring, and he got off to a bad start this year. He had a couple bad starts, but he's bounced back. He's pitched really well. Uh, over seven and a half strikeouts to me, that's a little low. I mean, this is a lineup where, you know, he can attack them. We saw Severino get him out with breaking balls a lot last night. I think Sever I think Cole can have a big game tonight. Get eight or nine strikeouts. Uh, to me, the seven and a half is a little light. Cole's throwing the ball really well. Weather's getting warmer, which will help. Uh, you know, these pitchers don't like pitching when it's 30, 40 degrees. The weather's warmer, so. Cole over strikeouts, a Yankees-Mets money line parlay, plus 115. Those are the baseball plays. Yankees still minus 200 to win the division. Mets minus 200 to win the division. Yankees, I think, are going to run and hide with this thing. I really do. Um, they got another game with Baltimore here. They get three with the White Sox. They get Baltimore next week. Uh, and then they get Tampa for four. Unless Tampa makes a run, and I know it's crazy. You say, hey, it's only it's early. We got 100-something you know, games left, which is true. And Judge can get hurt, Stan can get hurt. A lot can go wrong. Cole can get hurt. Anything can happen. But barring that, if the Yankee, if the Rays don't put a dent in this lead or make up some ground in the next ten days, I think if the Yankees, you know, can play well for the next week or so, go to Tampa and maybe win three out of four and build up an eight, nine, ten game lead, I just think the Yankees are going to be very hard to catch. Now, uh, Yankees are going to be in the playoffs, whether it's division, which I think it will be, or a wild card. Yankees are going to be playing in October. It's a good team. It's a well balanced team. The bullpen's good. They still have to prove a couple things in October. Can they hit big-time pitching? Can they hit specifically right-handed pitching? That lineup is still too right-handed between Judge, Stanton, Torres, LeMahieu. they got a million right-handed hitters. It's a little soft at the bottom of the lineup with whoever catches, plus kind of Falefo can't hit, plus Hicks who can't hit. Uh, so that's an issue. But And they haven't hit well in the playoffs. I mean, they've been bad playoff performers the last you know four or five years. They really haven't played well. They haven't hit in big spots. They haven't hit good pitching. So that's something to keep an eye on. And we saw it again last night. Look, he got out of it, but Chapman's an issue here. Chapman's an issue. 
I don't know what you do. It's an awkward thing. I mean, he he's got a you know basically a Hall of Fame level career as a closer, and his numbers are still good, but he's just not the same. His velocity's not the same. His command is non-existent. He's throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, you know, wild pitches, splitters, you know, fastballs to the backstop. I don't trust Chapman. Nobody trusts Chapman. You have to be the most naive person in the world if you see Chapman come into a one-run game and, and you think he's going to get the job done. You just you're not being honest with yourself. He's just you don't trust him. You don't trust him. He's, he doesn't have the control. He doesn't have the command. The fastball is not 104 miles an hour like it was four or five years ago. He's just not the same pitcher. He's sweating out there on the mound. You're sweating watching him. It's just not a good situation uh, with Chapman. And they have other guys to replace him. They can use King. They can use Holmes. I don't know if they'll go, they'll go there. They have a, a nice lead in the division. He hasn't given away too many games. You know, he had the, the game against the White Sox the other night, but he hasn't been. You know, it's not like a situation last year, like last year, where he gave away two or three games in a row, and it's like, all right, we got to make a move. And Boone's that kind of guy. He's going to be loyal to his guys. But I, I would think about, you know, making a move and, and somehow, you know, I don't know what you do with Chapman. He's You worry about what's he going to be like as a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy. He's going to pitch somewhere and he can hurt you just as much in the seventh or eighth inning as he does in the ninth. I understand that too. Uh, that's an issue. That's a big issue. Now they have guys to replace him. Again, it's just, are you going to totally banish Chapman? Or are you going to make him, you know, a, a mop-up guy? I, I don't know. It's a tricky scenario here, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Mets... I mentioned Cole, and this got uh, this got in, into a, I got into a debate yesterday on Twitter with I think Greg's his name. He's a fan of the show. I talked to him a lot on Twitter, and I said, you know what? People can say what they want about Cole, and this is going to annoy Mets fans, and, and I understand that Cole's better than Degrom because Cole pitches. One guy pitches, and one guy doesn't. Now Degrom, when he pitches, is the best. He's better than everyone. But this is now 2021. He threw what 90 innings last year. This year he hasn't thrown a pitch, and he got his most recent MRI is another vague. Um, you know, let me read it here. It was very vague in terms of there's progress, but still no timetable for him to throw off a mound. I mean, we're almost Memorial Day weekend here. This was, I mean, it's the same thing as last year, where hey, needs another MRI, give it a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks. I mean, eventually at some point you run out of season. We're not there yet. And again, if the Mets, they say they're pleased with the reports, it's showing progress. He's still throwing. There's no setbacks. That's the positive. Uh, the negative is like, at what point does the guy actually pitch in a baseball game? At what point is he going to actually throw off a mound? You know, he's going to need a million rehab starts. He's going to need to ramp up, avoid setbacks. I think best case scenario for the Mets is to be in first place August 1st and get to ground back. I don't think you're going to see him before August. I really don't. I really don't. And again, people can say Cole makes all this money. He's overrated. He's overpaid. DeGrom's better. Cole pitches. Cole takes the ball pretty much every fifth day. I mean, he had the hamstring issue last year, but Cole's been durable and Cole pitches. All right. He has. I mean, he, he hasn't been Superman like you, you kind of expected when you got him. The year before they got him, he was basically undefeated from May on. Um, he's given up too many homers. He hasn't been great as a Yankee. He's been good. He hasn't been great. Second in Cy Young last year. You, I, I didn't think he was great last year. Was just kind of a weak Cy Young field, but Cole pitches, DeGrom doesn't. And now uh, McGill's on the DL. He's got bicep tendonitis. He's going to rest for a few days and then be reevaluated. Re so hopefully he's not out too long because the Mets. Now, look, nobody else in the division is even 500. Uh, Marlins and let's see, Marlins are 17 and 19. So are the Phillies. Braves are still six back in the loss. So you have a little bit of a cushion. But the Mets schedule after today, look, you get two more with the Cardinals. So you get the Cardinals tonight, Cardinals tomorrow afternoon. And then you get three at Colorado, which isn't easy. Colorado plays well there. Three at San Francisco, which is not easy. That's a good team. You're on the road. 
Then they host the Phillies. They host the Phillies Memorial Day weekend for three. You get a little reprieve here with the Nats home for three after that. And then again, it ramps up at the Dodgers for four, June 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And then at the, at the Padres after that for, what, three or four games. So you're going to need a cushion because if you, you're not going to have the ground back. And if you don't have McGill, hopefully you have McGill sometimes, you know, sometime before those June games. Hopefully it's a short-lived thing with McGill. By September 9th, it's not the worst thing, but you never know with these things. Uh, you're going to need that cushion because that's a tough stretch here. Four with the Dodgers in L.A. Uh, now, Philly just played well in the Dodgers, so it's not like they're unbeatable, but three at, at San Francisco, three at Colorado. The Mets, this is a, a really tough part of the schedule. So uh, you're putting yourself in a position where there's just no margin for error injury-wise. You can all right, you can live with no McGill for a couple weeks. You can afford to have DeGrom on the shelf as long as you get him back sometime late July, early August. And I do think it'll be August at the earliest. But you can't lose any more guys. You're getting to a point where, all right, like that's enough. You, you know, May's hurt. McCann's hurt. The lineup's a little short. You know, it's a lot of Guillaume and Nito. So at some point here, look, the Mets minus 200 to win the division. I think they're in decent shape to win it. You'd rather be them than these other teams who are six back. But you're going to need that cushion if you're the Mets because the schedule does get a little tougher. And you're starting to, you know, have some injuries here with the, with the, uh, you know, have starting to have some issues here with the pitchers in terms of injuries with McGill. No return in sight for DeGrom, which is frustrating. I know the Mets can say all the right things, but look, I mean, MRI after MRI, I mean, all the guy does is get MRIs. All he does is get MRIs. And I love DeGrom. Everyone loves DeGrom. He's a great pitcher. He's an all-time great pitcher. Um, you know, I have to go back and look at his resume. If he never threw another pitch, which hopefully that's not the case, and I don't think that's the case, if he never threw another pitch, would he make the Hall of Fame? Does he have enough of a body of work? He won the two Cy Youngs. He finished third another year. He probably would get in, but he really... If you look at how many wins he has now, I know wins is not a, is not a good stat to use. It's an antiquated stat. Um, he would be an interesting case for the Hall of Fame if, if he never threw another pitch. I think one or two more good years, he's a lock. Um, you know, 2014 through 2020, he was really durable. He's got a 2.5 career ERA. He's a great pitcher, but he's only thrown 1,200 innings in his career. Let's see how many wins. I might not even list wins because wins are so uh, such an outdated stat that I don't even know if wins are listed here. Let's see. Wow, 77 and 53 for his career. He's got 77. Would a, would a starting pitcher get in the Hall of Fame with 77 career wins? I would put him in because I think the Hall of Fame, I think we put too many guys in that are, you know, just around for a long time and pretty good for like 20 plus years. I think being great for five or six years is more impressive. It's more unusual. You know, it's rarer than a guy who's, you know, the Harold Baines of the world who, you know, was hit 270, 280 for 20 years. That's not the kind of guy I like in the Hall of Fame. I would prefer DeGrom to be in, but it's an interesting case. You know, 1,200 innings pitch, 77 wins. Does have the two Cy Youngs, but look, Lincecum's not going to get in. Even Johan Santana, who I think should be a Hall of Famer, isn't in. So DeGrom would be an interesting case if, if he never really had another big-time season. So hopefully DeGrom gets back. Hopefully the Mets can, uh, you know, keep playing well, put some distance between them and the Phillies, the Braves. You don't really too much about the Marlins, although that pitching is really good. So, uh Mets, you know, be nice to get these two against the Cardinals and take two out of three against Colorado. Similar to the Yankees where you can just push this thing up to eight or nine and you can kind of take a deep breath. Because eight or nine, to me, those are the magic numbers where, you know, as long as you stay healthy, eight or nine is a lot of games to make up. That's a that's a very comfortable uh, cushion. So a lot of baseball tonight, a lot of hockey tonight, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Go to BetRivers.com, download the BetRivers app, check out all they have to offer. We'll be back tomorrow to recap it all. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.